0: Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast presented by Ingles. We are so excited for today's episode because we have one of our favorite people not just in the biz, in sports media world, but just in general. EJ Manuel, awesome guy, salt of the earth guy, great football mind, former Florida State and NFL quarterback, super accomplished, just a good dude. And I know, look, I can say all these things. Mac and EJ have a legit bromance. So, Mac, That's I know right. you're excited.
0: A great father, great husband. Oh just the example, the example you want your you know, son or daughter or whatever to, to be, you know, at the end of the day. And luckily uh, he joined us here today. I th- he said it was his fourth. I think that's correct. He is now yeah. the leader, I believe. Gotta appearances. Be. Um, so we need to send him a mug or something of that nature to make him feel good. And so he keeps coming back, but great conversation. <laughs> We have those we can do. That's a great idea. I'm sending him socks tomorrow. Perfect. That's that's what I'm doing there. Uh, but really, I mean, just a fun episode. You know, we, we've done some of these. You guys who have been on this journey with us for different teams. It's just been KG and I. I said, let me call my boy because he's Come talking on. that talk about the Noles. And I want to hear it from him uh, right here. I don't want just this Paul behind you distracting you guys. I'm wearing my Seminole T-shirt. Shout out to Derek Satterfield getting me one of those. But it was good. It was a great conversation. Really appreciate his insight. He's actually calling the Florida State spring game here in a couple of weeks, so he's primed and ready and ready to go. But before we get to that episode and this great interview, we're going to hear a couple words from our great partner, Ingles.
2: Ingalls, low prices, love the savings.
1: EJ Manuel, Florida State legend, podcast legend, multiple appearances here on the show. <laughs> One of our absolute favorite guests, there's no doubt about it. We're so excited to talk Florida State with you today. I love some spring yes. updates, but first, I know you've had a, a good off-season down there in Miami. Baby girl, you got a lot going on, so...
2: How has the offseason been? KG, Emac, it's great to be with you guys uh, again. I think this is what my fourth time or maybe think for so. sure my third time. You might be on, leading the uh, pack, brother, in appearances So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty proud of that. But um, look, my offseason has been great. Um, my wife and I, we took a trip over to Europe. Um, we're finalizing all the details with our wedding that's coming up in June. I see my wife because we're civilly married. Um, but Sakima, our daughter, is doing amazing. My stepson, Yashai, he's doing really good. He actually just did a combine and a camp. So Emac, we have Come to talk on. about that. Let's go. Uh, at another time. But he's doing really good. He's a rising senior coming up. So this is a big year for him. Um, but yeah, guys, it's been great. Obviously, still doing serious XM during the week and keeping up with March Madness. We had KG on the show earlier uh this week, giving dropping some gems about women's basketball <laughs> and men's hoops as well. So uh, it's been good, guys. And Emac, I know you've been out and see you every weekend on,
0: on ESPN, bro. Doing big time stuff, man. So I'm trying. I'm glad you I'm didn't trying. forget about your boy. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't no, forget no, no, about. No, 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 never that. Never. <laughs> that. I look forward to the days where we're back together. It, it is yeah, funny. Man, I know we we always talk about this, and Kelly, I'm sure you feel you know the same way. But it's like when you go and do other stuff, and then when you're back with your people, you're just like, yes. oh, yeah, there's, nothing like, like there's nothing like this. There's nothing like the conference. family. That is so I, I do I look agree. forward to those shows we have coming up. Well, let's jump into the Knowles, man. What's super interesting, you know, we we spoke with Jamie Robinson. That will come out in a couple of days on Wednesday. And I I spoke with their SID, Derek Satterfield. We love Derek. Big shout out to him. He's amazing. And I was just kind of asking him, you know, about spring ball and and how's it going and this and that. And he just kind of pauses. I was like, oh, is there a delay or something? What's going on? And he says, man, (laughs) we got some dudes. He said, we haven't looked like this in a while. And uh, that's what I'm excited about. Even – even thinking two years ago, we went to practice and I'm just like, man, it's just not quite there. And now it is. And uh, man, I look at that 10 win season last year, what that meant to the program. You've obviously lived it at some of the highest points, but let's just start there. What did getting back into double digit wins mean for Florida state last year? Emac? It was
2: momentous in the sense of it, validated a lot of what coach Norvell has been teaching at Florida State since he's taken over and um, of course a lot of fans and even alums you know were very sensitive you know we want the Noles to win we want them to yeah. do well and I've only had so much confidence in coach Norvell um, since I met him but I actually remember when he took the job I sent him a text and, Emac I'm sure I told you this and uh, instead of him texting me back he called me yo hey, EJ what's up man I'm Mike Norvell pleasure to meet you and Little small things like that go a long way because he didn't have to do that. He's the head man. Like, I used to play. I'm a has-been. And so I just appreciated the fact that he reached out. But, you know, that 10 wins says a lot. And what it also does, guys, it puts a lot of emphasis on this season. It puts a lot of expectation. It's a lot of, okay, well, you can't go any less than that. Otherwise, it will be considered a disappointment. And uh, also, I would mention this, too, the fact that you had amazing players come back. Okay? You had Jared Verse, who was a first-round pick this coming up draft in another mm-hmm. couple of weeks, to me, that's culture building. That means that, okay, things are changing. Guys aren't quick to say, oh, I'm going to go follow the money. I want to stay at Florida State, continue to get my education. But, yeah, also have a chance to win an ACC title, win a national title, and potentially maybe even, you know, they don't make the Natty, at least another Orange Bowl or something like that. Right. Um, so it's really exciting times there in Tallahassee.
0: Man, I think one thing that was so interesting about what you just said there about, you know, former players and he reaching out to you and calling you. I've spoke to a couple of guys in the XFL right now that, that were at Florida State a little bit after me, kind of in between, you know, my career and and now. And I asked them, I said, hey, you know, when's the last time you've been back? This and that. And they said, man, I, I haven't, but I need to. Because they, they they felt like there was this weird lull in time where it was like nobody was wanted. Guys weren't wanted to come back. And they said, now it's totally different. They're getting emails, they're getting texts, they're getting whatever you know from the school and from the, the staff there. So I have to feel like that is an even bigger piece to get everybody back, get everybody on board.
2: Yeah, it is. And you know when you do have a chance, and I say you as like a former player, uh, Coach Novell does what's called a legacy walk. So I've done this, I think twice, or maybe three times, including the time when we had the show there in Tallahassee against Boston College. Uh, Our ACC Network show. And it's basically where the old players, former players will come and we'll lock arms with the current players. We'll walk from, you know, one yard line to the opposite one yard line. And then it'll just be a players only meeting, including former players. And the former players will stand up, we'll tell them, you know, when we played, our number, all those things. And then just have, you know, a quick 30 seconds to just talk to the team and share with them what we hoped for them and just say, hey, man, do this, do that. And just try to, you know, point them in the right direction that they're already headed. I tell you what, man. It's been a while because I feel like not only is it good for the ACC, it's not only good for Tallahassee, it's not only good for FSU. but I think it's generally good for college football to have one of the blue bloods come back with that expectation, potentially being in the top five, top ten of the rankings in the preseason. And uh, now the question is, how do you answer the hype? You know, and I've also dealt with that as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they come back and uh, play early on in this twenty twenty three season because now everybody's going to have them, you know, marked on their list as far as the schedule.
1: You led me right into my question here, e j, because nice. I think you are you're you're a professional. you, you do media. Family, <laughs> I can tell. you are uniquely equipped to answer this question. The two things here, the hype train has left the station, all right it's 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 gone with Florida State. And with Jordan Travis, who has returned, you mentioned guys returning, Jordan Travis coming off a truly special season. Now he's a Heisman favorite in many respects. He's an ACC player of the year favorite. You also got Drake May at North Carolina, two of the best, two two Heisman hopefuls here in this league. So if you were, and you probably have, knowing your relationship with Florida State, but if you were advising Jordan Travis, like what what does he need to be focused on? What's the best way to handle this offseason? Because we still have a lot of time and a lot of talking season before Florida State kicks the football off.
2: KG, the biggest thing for QB1 at Florida State, whether it was when I was there, when Jameis was there, and now obviously Jordan Travis, um, is really keeping his teammates level-headed because now you got a lot of guys that are used to winning, whether it was in high school. Now they won in college, so they've kind of tasted it. They sniffed it a little bit, and you just don't want them to start reading the press clippings and seeing everybody say good things about them, right? And I feel like as a quarterback, it's your job almost as a coach to keep everybody hungry, keep everybody locked in. Let's dot our I's, let's cross our T's and make sure that we're still doing the same things we did last year this time to make sure that we're still getting similar results uh, a year from now. And so beyond throwing and going through your reads, Jordan has the offense down. It's his offense. And you can see that throughout the year. They played so fast. And a lot of times I even mentioned Jordan was playing faster than his teammates. Right. And those guys around him had to kind of get up to speed. So I just believe now it's about the leadership It's about voicing your opinion, speaking up when you see things aren't going well. As I remember when we won the Orange Bowl my last year in 2012, and that was a national championship caliber team. We just lost to NC State. But I will say one thing about us is that we all policed each other. Like nobody was late to meetings. Nobody missed study hall. Nobody missed the food hall. Nobody missed treatment. We were like, yo, let's go. You know what I mean? Because a lot of us were seniors and juniors, and we knew we had chances to move on. And so we got those young guys to see how we moved. And I just feel like that's where Florida State is now, this being the fourth year for Coach Norvell and his staff and really implementing the things that he wants this team to be like.
1: And with JT specifically, EJ, and I, I love that leadership piece that you're talking about. Again, I'm not – look, there's not much he needs to improve upon. He was so good, no. especially in the no. second half of the season. But
2: Highest-rated player. Highest-rated yeah. player by PFF. Yeah, KG. exactly. How
1: so How much is-
2: better can you get? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah.
1: you are a QB guru, so you can tell me. In the offseason, if you're Jordan Travis and if you're Mike Norvell and the staff, what are you preaching to him on the field that he can get right. better at just to take his game a little further and maybe truly get Florida State to that ACC title, to that playoff?
2: KG, I don't want to say this and make it sound like Jordan Travis has arrived because no player has arrived and you can never think that way. But he's at a such an elite mental level in his offense that I believe it's more important for him to make the guys around him at that same level. Like the young guys that are going to get chances to play, um, the incoming transfers that have maybe played on, under other different offenses and uh, heard different verbiages in the huddle, uh, answered to different quarterbacks. I would just be more focused every single day in the offseason going over stuff. Whenever you see guys in the hallway walk into class, hey man, you remember that check on third down? If we see this, like those little small things matter and it's going to come up maybe in the seventh week of the season, and you'll look back like, dang, dog, you remember talking about that back in March? <laughs> and so I just believe the, the leadership for Jordan Travis is huge. And of course, every quarterback, there's always throws that you got to make. There's reads that you're going to make. But again, I think the maturity that he's shown in this offense kind of puts the physicality start, uh, physicality part to the side a little bit for me. I'll be more yeah. focused on making sure the 10 guys that are on him with the field, whoever it is, because they're going to shuffle guys, going to be guys that get hurt, um, make sure they're up to snuff. So they can play just as fast as he's playing.
0: He, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And, and KG, I, I know, you know, maybe you were looking for footwork or ball placement yeah, like yeah, I mean, but really, are good. Yeah. he he's good. I yeah. mean, at this point in his career, with everything that he's accomplished on the field, it's like don't get hurt and be a great right. leader. Like that's, that's the it. thing because all the physical tools are, are apparent, and, and so. I don't know what you can critique him on because he's so effective at his game. He knows, okay, I can scramble to not run, but keep my eyes downfield, hit the big play. He's got that down. He has the one, two, three, get the ball out. He understands pass pro. He's an effective runner to me. Honestly, when you look at, okay, Drake, may Jordan Travis, ACC player of the year, who's the guy Drake. I think obviously there's a lot more things that he could do, but it's because he's so young. He's, he's such a young kid. Jordan Travis is is an old man in these. I mean, this is fifth, six year at this point, it, it's staying healthy and, and being the guy. So, Ian, e, one thing that I thought was so fascinating, and, and you can speak to this as a quarterback and how important this is. I asked Jamie Robinson that. I, I said, you know, what, what is what how has he changed? How is this and that? He said, He's never changed. I've been around him for two years. He's been the exact same guy. He's just gotten more opportunity and bought in and, and done these type of things. But he's always level-headed, he's always challenging our guys great energy, all these different things. So how important is that as the QB position to be kind of that extension of Coach Norvell and be level-headed as ever?
2: Emac, it's everything. Um, You have to remember, or we have to remember that Jordan Travis has been through a lot. He didn't start his career at Florida State. Uh, I think he started his career at Louisville, ended up transferring there, comes to a Florida State team that was, let's say, the, the, the program was trying to rebuild. The program was trying to get back. And that's a hard spot to be in because not only do you have to actually play well on the field, you also got to fight the demons in the sense of between the ears, like the negative tweets, the the fans looking at you sideways when you go to Tallahassee mall, the fans that talk crap when you go to CC's in the city, like whatever, those things are real. And it, a lot of it is cerebral for the quarterback position for every quarterback, but specifically Jordan Travis at Florida state, because the expectation, excuse me, the expectation is to win. The expectation is to win championships, uh, help guys go to the NFL and things like that. So, I just believe the, the leadership piece for, the, for him is going to be huge. And Emac, you did hit on something that I think is, is, is going to be probably the most important part for his game is protecting himself. I, I just believe that he's the player that is durable and tough, but at the same time, the team needs you on the field. Like, your best ability is availability. That's an NFL saying, but it's the same for Jordan Travis here at FSU. And it's not to say they don't have good backups behind him. I'm a big fan of Rademacher. I'm a big fan of Duffy and even the freshmen they have coming in. But this offense and this team is going to roll how QB1 rolls, and that's Jordan Travis. And so as he goes throughout the season, of course, there's things that you can't necessarily avoid. But when you have chances to throw it away, get out of bounds, slide, do that, live to play the next down.
1: EJ, let's talk about this offense as a whole, because I saw this quote from Mike Norvell, and I thought it was really interesting. He said, "Uh, one thing I want to see is a better sense of tempo. We're really pushing the tempo of how we operate, how we communicate. I want to play faster. That's what Norvell said a couple of days ago as he's heading into spring yep. ball. You're bringing back quite a few pieces wide receiver-wise, bringing in some guys from the portal, Jaheem Bell at tight end. I mean, that's someone people are excited about. Trey Benson's back, Toa Feely's back. We know Micah Pittman's had surgery. Hopefully he'll be back in time to make an impact. But what do you expect this offense to look like in 2023?
2: Yeah, I do expect this offense to be fireworks. Um, I expect this offense to be consistent. Um, and When you have a quarterback that is manufacturing, calling the plays, getting guys lined up, making the reads, making the decisions, that's why I said it's so important to have the other pieces around Jordan Travis up to snuff, knowing what they need to do. And the fact that you have an offensive line that's coming back as well. I mean, these guys have well over, I think, 150 starts together collectively, along with the guys that they brought in the transfer portal. Um, So I do expect this to be a bigger offense. You consider receiver Johnny Wilson's, what, 6'7"? He was like a power <laughs> forward. Kentrell uh, Portier, he's another big receiver. Um, so I'm expecting them to just play big. Uh, get those guys, Mark, uh, Marcus and Douglas, another tight end. Uh, to get those guys to just play big bully football. And the offenses that we've seen be great in college football, the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, um, a lot of times they're dominant. even Ohio State, they're dominant because they have the skill, but they also have the size in certain positions. And so I think that's where Florida State's starting to trend. And uh, Coach Novell and Coach Atkins, the offensive coordinator, they have a lot of toys to play with. So it's almost like just throw a ball out there and let the dogs eat.
0: That's right. Uh, you, I'm really excited just to see – I don't want to call it its final form, but I think for this group, it is its final form. A lot of these guys are going to move on after this season. And so that's what I can't wait to see. Just just the same mindset. Like, everybody's going to be on the same page. You have so much experience that's going to be on this football field when Florida State runs out there. I just can't wait to see it. I mean, we're not going to see silly mistakes. We're not going to see silly penalties. These guys understand what's at stake and what they're going to be able to do. And, and I think a couple of years ago, that's where we're like, Oh, my gosh, like, can we just stop, please? And that's where they are. And you mentioned all those toys that Coach Norvell has. One name that I want to throw out that I know it's it's early and there's a lot of time, but, you know, when I look at Winston Wright, the transfer from West Virginia, a year ago we thought he was going to be the guy. He got in the, the injury, car wreck, whatever it was, was unavailable. He's going to be back to full speed. I would not be shocked at all if he steps up and really becomes, you know, that that wide receiver one and all the work that he has put in with this unit EJ, when you look at expectation wise and from an alumni standpoint, from a, a guy that works for ESPN, all these different things, how, I guess, do you manage that from Coach Norvell? Like everybody's going to deem them either ACC champion, college football playoff contender, all these different things. How can you wrap your team around and say, block all that out? Let's go play. Let's go prove it on the field.
2: Well, you, Mac. I mean, you could speak to it as well because that's what Clemson's done for years now in the ACC, staying hungry, staying, uh, you know, keeping the main thing the main thing. And I just believe all of what Coach Novella has been preaching, and I said this in my first answer, is just making sure controlling what we can control as a team. We can't control what the media is going to say, good or bad. We can't control what the opposing defense is bringing us. And we just have to be prepared for it. And I think, uh, you know, the preparation is what is going to bring the confidence for this Florida State team. Uh, and, and generally, I just want to see consistency. And I don't care uh, if, if they win every game by one point. Um, I, I would just say just be consistent because now you're at a place where if you don't win the ACC, EMAC, and KG, this is a disappointing season. Truthfully, Ooh. with what you have coming back, that's the expectation now. And I, I feel like when you show us, okay, this is kind of who we are, you win 10 games, you, you beat a, a solid, much better Oklahoma team by the end of, the, of last year's season, you beat them in a bowl game, you beat LSU, who ended up showing up to be a, a solid team as they got better in the year 101. You beat Florida. Uh, you just got to beat the dogs in ACC, and that's NC State, Clemson, and other teams too. So I, I just believe Coach Novell is the right man to make sure this team stays locked in mentally and uh, doesn't get too ahead of themselves because, again, they've been down, and now they're up. And yeah. since you've been down, you don't want to go back to that space. So you're going to literally do whatever you can not to go back down in the doldrum.
1: EJ, I want to talk some defense because this D-line, I think, is going to be nasty. But I, I I have to go off of what you just said there because I've seen different pundits out there in the world. Greg McElroy's one that said Florida State should be the favorite in the ACC. And, you know, Clemson's won the league many years. And Pitt, of course, got in there and won one. Do you think – it's and I, I'm. I'm just gonna say this. Let's everyone take our glasses off here. All right. Let's everyone just take them off.
2: <laughs> Look, the only person wearing glasses. Yeah, the only was one wearing them is Mac. <laughs> but we all know what we put mean. Put them back on. He put them back on. <laughs> just
1: being completely from an objective point of view,
2: <laughs> is
1: Florida State the favorite to win the ACC?
2: They have to be, KG. Yes, they're the favorite. Uh, you have a returning quarterback. Uh, you have a returning potential first round pick in Jared Verse. Uh, you have all but minus one, and Jamie Robinson moving on to the NFL. Uh, as far as the DBs, this is a top ten rated defense. Um, creative turnovers, creative fumbles, greedy vans. Those guys like they like to get after the not mm-hmm. only the pass but also the receivers. You know, you got a, another safety coming back in Dent, Akeem Dent. So I, I'm just excited for this team. I do believe it's almost ACC championship or or nothing mm-hmm. at this point. And let's not. Keep this uh, in the back of my mind. There's no more Coastal and Atlantic, right. guys. So there's going to be the best teams, the best two that are going to play in December for the ACC title. So I know we're mentioning, and I'm not saying it's going to be Florida State and Clemson, but let's be honest, those have been, you know, more of the most successful teams along with Pitt and some others in ACC State. But I will say the Atlantic part won't necessarily be de- decided on that game is what I'm trying to get at. And mm-hmm. so at the end of the day, if they just go throughout their season, stay locked in, don't get, you know, too ahead of themselves. Because here's the thing. They still got LSU beginning of the yeah. year. They're going to be good, too. So it's almost one of those barometer checks out the gate to see where Florida State really is. And I just believe a lot of it starts right here between the ears to stay locked in because you got the talent. Now you just got to have the mentality.
0: Yeah. For, for me, EJ, I, I think it's as I'm wearing a Florida State shirt. Um, <laughs> but it's a Clemson kinda, jersey behind you. That's right. Yeah, don't forget right. that one. <laughs> uh, it, it's almost the... Kind of the approach I had from Clemson last year and kind of the approach I've had for UNC the last couple of years, you got to prove it to me. You got to prove to me that you're back. Because when I look at last year and the 10 wins and and every like historic, like the things they were doing was amazing. But when a ranked opponent showed up, we couldn't get it done. We we couldn't win. We lost three maybe in a row, but three to, to ranked opponents there. And that's the next step that I just have to see it. Like, I I don't know if I can project that on them. When I see they play LSU week one, Clemson week four, is Florida State going to be two and two walking into October? Like, that's crazy to think about. But if they're four and oh, Ooh. I mean, my goodness, this team's going to be a top five team. I mean, it's, it's on, it's over, like wrap it up. Uh, so that's where I think, man, there's – so much potential, um, but it, it's to me—you you, got to show me. So KG, I, I know you want to get to some defense, but I, I think just when you look at that and, and you look at what this team could be, I, I think Clemson or Florida State's going to the playoff. Whoever wins that thing, they're going. I, I think that's what yeah. it comes down to. Mac, let, yeah.
1: let me let me add. Let me just ask this question because Florida State has not beaten Clemson since 2014. I believe that's right. Is that a thing, EJ? Like. Just, I mean, as an alum, even as a player, Jordan Travis, someone who hasn't beaten Clemson yet, that's yeah. kind of the hump you've got to get over. Is, is that one of the main focuses in the offseason?
2: It can be a thing, KG, if you allow it to be. And mm-hmm. I think not. the listeners have heard me say this enough, it's between the ears. It is, you know, it like is. It's going to be if huge. You, if you allow it, and it's true, like Clemson is still going to be a very good ball club. They won the ACC last year. Uh, you know, K. Klovnik is going to be a fantastic quarterback, but he's young. And by the time he plays Florida State, he'll have three games under his belt. And so I just believe, yes, it can be a thing, but I don't I I just it's, it's hard for me to accept the fact that you have so much veteran leadership coming back to this team. That they would then be mental midgets and allow a record or what happened last year or any of those things that is not what's in front of them to cause them not to play their very best football. And here's the other part, and Emac, you said this, as far as them potentially being 2-2 two and two or 4-0 and o going into October, man, they just got to start with that first game. Mm-hmm. Like, it, nothing, nothing matters unless you handle the first opponent, and that's LSU, and then whoever's after that, and then who's ever after that. And uh, every good team I've been on, you, we've been able to flush because they're, they're not going to be perfect. They're going to have mess-ups. They might lose a couple games here, but at the end of the day, play the season the entire way. Play it one day, one game. One week at a time. And then at the end of the thing, you'll look up and say, Oh man, we actually answered a lot of the questions that were out there about it. Yeah.
1: And it's I think it's a very fair point, the inconsistencies we've seen from Klevnik and the veteran leadership and just the consistency we've seen from Jordan Travis. And I do think it's good for Florida State to get Clemson early. Um and when you right. talk about that. Well let me let me so add, important. KG,
2: because because the thing too, and this is why I picked Florida State, and is it literally has nothing to do with the bias. Even if I went to Clemson, I'd pick FSU, is more so what we've seen on tape, yeah. okay? And Kay Clubnick is younger, right? I do think Kay is going to be a fantastic QB in the ACC, but he's young. And I think at times the inexperience will creep up on you as a quarterback. We saw it against Tennessee. He was thrown in a position. Okay, you're the full-time guy. Mm-hmm. You're going up against the SEC defense. You're going up against the top 10 team, top 15 team, um, who's faced Bryce Young, who's faced a lot of great quarterbacks throughout the year. And so I just believe when you have Jordan Travis, who's been around, not I'm going to say forever, because I don't want to try guys that are fifth-year seniors, but he's been around for a while. And so I just believe that the experience piece should help. Florida State should help Jordan Travis. But, again, Kate Clemson is going to figure it out too.
1: No, I agree. And I think you saw a couple years ago JT when he was as young as Clemson. You saw moments of greatness and then moments of inconsistency. Okay, this D-line, because this is something that, when, you know, when you look at the teams that have won Natties in the last decade, Clemson, Georgia, Bama, whatever – You have a dominant defensive line. You have a D-line full of guys that are first-round picks. It feels like that's what Florida State has this year with Verse, with Lovett, with Farmer, with all these guys. How good can this D-line be, EJ?
2: Well, one of my uh, favorite coaches of all time uh, is Odell Higgins. And uh, (laughs) one thing I know about him is that he's grinding these men. He, He is, I would say, one of those coaches that legit will never let you think you've arrived. And, you know, Fabian Lovett, uh Jared versus Farmer, whoever it is, it don't matter what you did last year, guys. Like that stuff does not matter. You cannot focus on it. You cannot think that offenses are now going to lay down uh for you because you were dominant last year. So I do think this can be um one of the best in this conference as far as defensive lines collectively. I genuinely think they're too deep. I won't go as far as say they're three deep yet, uh, but they're too deep at pretty much all four positions on the defensive line. Uh and I know we'll probably get to the linebackers too, but that's the part for me that I'm excited to see because you got two beasts there with Bethune, Lundy, you got some guys that can really make some plays. Uh, And then also you got the returning, I think it was all ACC freshman of the year on the defensive side. Uh, And what's his name? And excuse me, Patrick Payton. So um, a a sack master, somebody who showed up a big when we were there at Syracuse uh, for that game last year. So, man, I mean, again, just don't read the press clip. It's almost, I would tell those guys, don't even listen to this show because (laughs) we're all seeing great things about them. And, uh, and and a lot of it is because of what they showed us on tape last year.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, and, and then you look at that secondary, the second level uh, and, and third level with the linebackers. You got a transfer transfer first team All ACC guy, Cypress from Virginia. Uh, you've got Keem Den as you mentioned back, and then you you've got a guy in Greedy Vance who everything I've read is ascending and becoming yes. a really really good player. It, it, it looks like again from paper and when the stuff you read. That's how the Florida State teams of old were built. Defense first and then let the offense flourish.
2: You know, again, when I was on uh, championship caliber teams at Florida State, our defense was our keynote. And I I can say that as a quarterback, I went first round all that good stuff. But there were some other guys on the other side of the ball that did too, that were just as talented and really helped us win a lot of games. And you mentioned Greedy Vance. And it's not even just the fact that he caught interceptions and can lock down one side of the field, but also what he can do on special teams. Uh, with some of these young corners and young safeties uh, for Florida State. uh, Mentality-wise, they don't mind to play special teams. And, again, the best teams have guys that want to pitch in on teams. And, and, you know, it's not just about the sexy, you know, catching interceptions and fumbles and all these different things and sacks. Uh, These men still stay on the field. And I think that's a piece that will help them as as they go throughout the season because there's going to be offenses that get after them a, a little bit. But I think you can really get those hitting yards and hitting points on special teams as well.
1: EJ, this has been awesome. I mean, we've covered everything. I love pinning you down on who's going to win the league. Of course, it's March 28th. <laughs> like, what are we even and doing? Normally, I don't
2: say it, KG, but I no, said it with I know. confidence. I said and it with confidence. This the logic year. is yeah, sound, but it's
1: also March. Yep. We're just being crazy here. Overall, and I think, actually, I'd love for you both to answer this, but I'll start with you, EJ. You guys who covered the league so closely and are able to be at these games and, and be at practices how important with the entire landscape that is college athletics right now and college football in general, how important is this year when you've got the hype of Florida state and Clemson and even North Carolina with the potential number one overall pick, how important is it for those three programs and others, the pits, the wakes of the world to put together a really good year for the ACC from a football standpoint? We'll start with you, EJ.
2: Yeah, it's huge. KG. I mean, I'll, I'll, in this about the Miami hurricanes about the basketball, <laughs> you know, we've seen them, you know, exactly. Now they're in the final four. Um, national narrative wise, and you guys know, I do this, the serious yeah. show as well. A lot of the conversation is SEC and I'm not going to get into ACC versus SEC and all this kind of stuff, but let's be honest, like there's TV rights, there's media rights, all these different things um, that are out there. And I think the best thing for the ACC is to provide a solid product for, to right. provide wins against these, you know, out-of-conference games, to be competitive. Uh, So that's why it's extremely important for Carolina to beat the teams that are not in the ACC. It's extremely important for Clemson to keep carrying the flag. It's extremely important for Florida State to answer a lot of what people are saying about them. Because let's be honest, they go out there and don't play well, they're forgotten. By the time we come around October, nobody's talking about them anymore. So I just believe in capturing the hype while it's there. Uh, So KG, I think it's everything. And, you know, now that a lot of eyes are on this league and we've been talking about quarterbacks, but we legit have... Really solid guys. I'm talking like elite level guys in this conference. And so it's just everything for them to just go out there and play like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think ultimately, guys, when you know, if there's expectation, you have to meet that and then surpass it. Like at at this state of the game where you know the ACC is looked at as a, a, a lower tier conference, you have to, when you play those out of conference games, you got to get the dubs. For Florida State, I mean, to fly that flag in week one against LSU in Orlando, neutral site game, is massive. By the way,
1: again, fly it again. (laughs)
0: That's right, back-to-back. Go ahead and do it to them. Um, It's so critical, and and I think it's something that we're going to, again, talk about so much this preseason is the quarterback play, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, NC State, Miami. Those are the four that I think if they can take a step – to where we think Florida State and Clemson are going to be. Duke, too. look out. Duke, Riley Leonard, my gosh, like the things that he's going to be able to do. So there's all that that's right there that should be really good. But you have to go and do it. You have to go consistently ball out. And that's when you can start talking about, okay, here's kind of this changing of the guard that's coming. takes time, but it also takes a lot of wins, KG.
1: If only EJ and EMAC were suiting up.
0: <laughs>
2: I don't if know about the country. I got two helmets here for it, <laughs> bro. I don't these bad boys, but we go out there and get it done. We can do it, baby. We <laughs> can do it. Down, for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks again to EJ Manuel, the GOAT, for joining us. This was a great conversation and thanks again to our sponsor, Ingles, our, our partner, I should say, who presents this podcast. We had a baby shower over the weekend. We got all the stuff we needed from Ingles, cake, balloons, chips and dip, everything, you name it. We uh, we had a good time, Mac, that's for sure. And we had a good time with EJ. Here, What I really like, because I wanted to pin him down on this, I want to straight up ask him, <laughs> is Florida State the favorite? Because we've seen the talk. We've seen some national people and others saying they are. And I, I like how he just said, yeah, that like he, he believes in and going with it. I, I feel like I have not decided yet. I hope that's OK. I mean, it's it's April, March, whatever, you know. But I do think there is a factor And Mac, you always bring this up. And normally we're talking about it with a team like Miami. But this group, this iteration of Florida State, Mike Norvell, has never won the ACC, and has never beaten Clemson. And I, I think in order to do it, they're going to have to beat Clemson at least once. The, the key, though, is they could lose to Clemson early. They have LSU and Clemson early, mm-hmm. and then could play them again in the ACC title and win. So you, you probably are going to get two shots, again, as we try to predict things that never works out. <laughs> Am I making too much of a big deal about that, Mac, that they haven't beaten them in so long?
0: No. I, I mean, I think when you look at it, and where do they play – um, yeah, exactly. Th- that will be Clemson's first meaningful home game. I mean, it's going to be juiced. It's, it's going to be rocking. Yeah. Um, it, it's obviously a tough place to play. Had a massive streak until, you know, those uh, chickens <sighs> down the road. They just ruined it for me. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that that's going to be something where, okay, you, you've played LSU, so you're probably a little bit better prepared than maybe Clemson yeah. is. Clemson does open with Duke, which is going to be a challenge at Duke. Um but LSU's a much bigger team. I think everybody can feel good about that. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting just yeah. to see you know kind of where they are. I, I think Clemson's the favorite. I, I think the change that they made at offensive coordinator, I think is going to be fast and furious. I mean, at the mm. end of the day, we're going to see the Clemson we're used to seeing, but we're also going to see the Florida State I think we're used to seeing, which makes for fireworks. I'm so jacked up and cannot say this enough, KG – about no divisions let's get the best two teams and you said you know we, we never get that guess right that was when the coastal was involved ball That's that true, thing up a get rid of it coastal's gone I hope and pray we get to see that game twice if they're good you know they might both yeah. suck and, and then I don't want, I don't want to see it but uh, I can only imagine the amount of fun EJ and I will have going back and forth uh, about those potential two games
1: I'm so ready I'm ready for all the bets that's gonna be a great time. And He's I,
0: feeling confident. You know, he, he, is. he is a first rounder. He he can bet a little bit more than I can. You know, before it was let's just wear a T shirt and he sent a group text the other day saying any amount of money, I'm like, Oh my Ooh. god. Where's Woo-hoo. that been for three years? Like, what are we doing, E?
1: <laughs> well, things have changed. I would like, let's make the bets uh, a little more fun and maybe a little more cute. And we dress the babies in
0: ah, Florida State
1: and, and uh, Clemson attire. Actually,
0: no, I'm not. Would Amelia you? will never, <laughs> ever do that. That's that's actually worse. Put, put whatever money you want up. I'm not doing that. <laughs>
1: okay, well, we're staying we're staying neutral here. Mac is saying Clemson's the favorite. EJ saying FSU's a favorite. I'm saying I'm undecided. And that's where I think probably most people are if they're not a Clemson or Florida State fan. Sure. And there's still a lot of talking season left. There's an open period with the portal left. There's injuries that may happen. There's a lot of different things. But um, the good news is you've got two teams that whoever ends up beating the other, whoever ends up winning the league, has a very good chance to make the playoff. And Mack even said something to me off air. Could both make the playoff. Look, EJ said that Florida State players need to not listen to the media. This is why. Because of people like you and me, Matt, talking about both of them making the playoff.
0: The last thing I'm going to say we're going to get out of here, and I do not want an answer now because this is just a Florida State thing. But one thing that you and I, I think, should jump into, who's going to finish third and fifth? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. That's what I can't wait to see, which also maybe could finish first or second. I'm fascinated to see that because I think there's a lot of good options. Mm -hmm. I think there's also a dark horse that might come out of nowhere. So summer's coming. We're going to keep going along our spring journey here, but just know that conversation is down the line, guys. It's
1: coming. It's coming. That's a great question.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, that's it from us. Another great episode presented by our great friends over at Ingles. Really appreciate everything that they do for us and their support. Guys, if you haven't already – Go over to YouTube. If you're not watching us, what are you doing? Come on, we wanna see you guys. Mash that subscribe button, leave some comments. It's super fun to read those and see what you guys would like to see from the shows or maybe something you liked about an episode. Also, go over to the OG over on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe over there as well. But until next time, we'll see y'all.